Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan. This is a Pokemon the Series podcast where each week we watch three episodes of the Pokemon anime and then we discuss them from our now adult perspectives. Since we are adults, this episode is, or these episodes are rated M for mature, but they're also I for immature because we're super immature adults. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm along here with my co host, Austin. Holy Titanic! holy titanic indeed and it's going to be a titanic episode i feel like and we're also here with our other co-host alex that was a great opening intro austin an episode of titanic proportions indeed well stated austin well stated hey (laughs) here with the puns today here with the puns these episodes had a lot of puns they did especially my favorite episode which uh, we'll be getting into here shortly. But before we uh, sort of dive into our episodes, would we like to go over maybe some interesting and fun stuff we did this week? I, mm. I was bad. Yours was bad? You had a bad week? No, I was bad. Ooh, oh, you, you were do? bad. Well, I went on a plane <laughs> for the first time since the pandemic started, and I went to one of the biggest, most populated theme parks in the world for three days. Then I got back on a plane. But you were fully vaccinated and you wore your mask. Where did you go? Universal Studios. And Harry Potter World? Yeah. Smart man. Smart man. Well, it was a family trip. Um, It was my sister's family, and I was was, uh, plus one, basically. So I got to see what it was like to go to a theme park for several days, from dawn till dusk, with children. I'm sure that was magical. And? I'm I'm glad the kids had fun. So Austin knocked that kid. You did not have no. I did the have best fun. of times. It was the okay, it was at its okay. best when the kids were having fun, because then you're having fun. Well, that's good. That's a good yeah. connection to have. They definitely, um, I guess, make life more interesting because they get excited over like the little things. At one point, um, one of my nephews wanted to touch the snow in Harry Potter World, like the decorative snow. So his dad <laughs> lifted him up. He touched the white paint. Then he said, that was so much fun. Aw. Aw. That's hundreds of dollars See, that's good. spent on <laughs> attractions. <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to touch the fake snow. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> it's it the is. little things, right? His are yeah. so weird. That's oh. like, uh, yeah, they just love little things. And I did not have a kidney stone. That is good. the highlight of the trip. Last time I went there, first, like within 20 minutes, I went on a ride and I got a kidney stone. <laughs> it was awful. Uh, so this time was the first time I got to go there to Harry Potter World and some of the newer attractions without a kidney stone. It was great. So Universal <laughs> gave you the kidney stone? Is that what you're implying it here? Shook it, was, it, it, was... it shook it loose for my kidney. <laughs> what ride did it? The you Harry the Potter ride? Escape from Gringotts. Which I was so scared to get on again, but I did it. I faced oh, no. my fear. So you weren't scared of the ride necessarily. You were scared it was going to shake loose another kidney right. stone. But I must not. Have, I must not have any at the moment. So what was That's your <laughs> favorite ride? Austin? I don't know. Um, I went on a bunch of rides I'd never been on before because they've expanded a lot. I don't even know. 
would you rather go i know you didn't have a choice this time would you would you rather go to universal harry potter world or would you rather go to galaxy's edge at disney well Ooh. now that i've been to harry potter world i'd rather go to galaxy's edge <laughs> does that make sense yeah and pay like $20 yeah yeah that's a kind of a dumb question but the blue milk oh i'm totally gonna buy the blue milk Ugh. why do we always talk about star wars because I actually was, <laughs> I saw episode nine over the break. That's the reason why it's. I, I just finished the whole, like every episode one through nine. I just finished watching all of them, so it's just fresh on my oh, okay. mind. So I'm just Alex. I'm just throwing it Alex, out there. You still have yet to watch episode nine. I know, I know. God, when is there time? Even I, I don't know. To... You could actually just not watch it and not waste any time. No, no so. Alex, guess... you, you have to see it. Don't spoil anything. You, I, you because have to I... see it. I'm just gonna say that. I know, I know. Oh my gosh! I it, well, we were for go on. We, <laughs> I was gonna say for a while we had started watching the movies to like build up to that, and then that was pre-COVID. So that was last. That was right before the whole COVID thing blew up last year. Austin mm-hmm. is where we stopped. We stopped with Solo, right? And then yeah. um, we watched the Ewok movies. Well, that was recently, but I'm saying, like, when we tried to do the marathon of it, and then it just sort of fell by the wayside, and then, of course, this whole last year was a cluster, so. Ugh, now I feel like I have to go back and I'm do just saying, it again. But... Alex, you're the one person on Earth who I would recommend watch episode nine. Oh, why? Oh, I, I can't why? tell you. Like, something to do with Darth Vader? Something... I can't tell you. Uh... Yeah, we can't spoil it for you, but when you when you do watch episode nine, let us know. And we'll put a disclaimer at the front of the episode that our first half of the the out of the drying pan is going to discuss episode nine, and I guarantee you that that will probably overshadow <laughs> the Pokemon episodes. But we need to talk about it because no, there's I, a lot of there's a lot of stuff listen, there. My curiosity is peaked. I don't know what it could possibly be that will be so exciting. Oh, but... you'll find out. Good thing I didn't spoil myself. I'm kind of proud, actually. I'm proud that I haven't like ran into anything on the internet. I know it's like... really shocking. You should be, <laughs> yeah. You should be very, very proud because I didn't. I watched the um like the post, the Disney ones, whatever. I watched them after they came out, like a long time after they came out, and every episode was spoiled for me before I even <laughs> like was able to watch it. And yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of ruined the experience for me. So good for you. Good for you for staying strong and. <laughs> Keeping the spoilers limited. I haven't been searching for them. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> the the thing I'm talking about is the main plot of the movie, Alex. Like it's I know, in well, the trailer. That's even more <laughs> impressive that I've completely avoided it, right? Uh, yeah, so. it is. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a topic in itself because the whole movie's spoiled if you watch the two minute right. trailer. You're not going to get much more than what you get in the trailer. I haven't seen but it, sh- it at all, so I'm proud of myself. I haven't gone looking for it, and I've somehow avoided any sort of spoiler on like Reddit or anything like that. So, yay! <laughs> it's the best It's the best worst one. Welcome to Out of the Death Star, a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> You've set the stage for our next Call me- <laughs> I'm oh, your host, Papa Papatine. <laughs> Call me Papa Papatine. Sheeb. <laughs> All right, uh, Austin. Any other um, anything you want else you want to share? Nah. Nah, you good? You good, dog? All right. So, uh, Alex, would you like to go next, or would you rather me? Or um, I was just gonna say most of my excitement this week was living vicariously through Austin when he was texting me about what he was doing. I barely texted you at all in the past week. <laughs> I know, but that's like the most excitement I've had was asking you, "Oh my God, what's your favorite ride?" And then, of course, lamenting the whole. Dueling Dragons, well, it was originally Dueling Dragons, was replaced by the 
whatever ride it is, the Harry Potter ride. So that was bittersweet for me. Um, but I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. That's really all I've been doing. Just spending all my free hours roaming around. How far are you into that game? Not very far because I'm only in Chapter 2 because I keep avoiding moving on to Chapter 3 because that's when the crap starts happening and I, I'm not mentally or emotionally prepared. <laughs> so I'm just putzing around the wilderness, avoiding the main story. So That sounds... Uh, well, at least you know it's a good game if it has that much of an emotional impact on you. <laughs> you know? I mean, I know what happens. I know the whole story. It's not like, you know... I mean, I haven't avoided those spoilers, but I'm just trying to avoid actually having my character go through that and then, like, okay, nothing's going to be the same after that. But What I would recommend is this minute you jump into Chapter 3, watch Episode 9 of Star Wars that same week, <laughs> and, you'll be, and you'll be so, like, frustrated with the Star Wars thing, you won't even think about what's happening in Red Dead. Uh, you'll just be, like... That's a good point. I need a combine, distraction. Combine, like, a really good thing with a really bad thing... And they'll cancel each other out. And you don't feel any emotions <laughs> at all. So, all right, good suggestion. That's what you need to do. Yeah. I'll do that. I, yeah, foreshadowed my week a little bit there. Are you you good, Alex? Or uh, yeah, no, else? I was. That was it. No, nothing more exciting than that. But cool same deal. <laughs> well, I um, I foreshadowed my week. I finished watching all the episodes of Star Wars one through nine. I didn't do them in one day. This was over like nine weeks. <laughs> so. I don't think it's. I think it's impossible to do in one day. It's just too much. But uh, we'll save that for another episode. But another thing I did was I played a really, really fun board game, and I was interested to know if you have ever heard of or have played this board game. Either of you, it is called A Ticket to Ride. Yeah, I almost got you've you that mentioned for it. You did? did really? Oh my! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it it's crazy expensive, and then they have like expansion packs that are just as expensive as the game itself. So, um, yeah, it's super expensive. But have have y'all played this before? I have not. Um, oh my gosh! It is. It's like a little kids' game. I would say it's like a little kids' game, but it turns pretty violent quickly, especially if you like to play the spoiler like I do where you don't ever try to do the mission that's given to you. You just try to block people off from completing their paths to get points. <laughs> and so a board may flip, pieces may go everywhere, but it's a it's a pretty... In- so... Yes. Is this a physically interactive game? Like, Yes, this is gather around the dinner table or whatever kind of gaming setup you have. Get a, get a nice brew, whatever <laughs> brew you prefer, and get ready to go on the wild ride. That is a ticket to ride. The only board game I know that elicits such strong emotions is Pretty Pretty Princess. <gasps> pretty Pretty Princess. Uh, That's a fantastic game. I never played that, game. but that sounds beautiful. It's, it sounds beautiful. It's more competitive than Mario Party. <laughs> you get you get you all get these those earrings. Yeah, you got and all the, the jewelry. tiara and the the tiara is like the holy grail. You people fight for that thing. So what is that like? Do you try to make a Pretty, no, pretty you are a pretty princess. princess. You put on the, ah, oh. put on a crown. There's there's <laughs> the evil black ring that you can't win if you have the black ring, so you try to get rid of it. Do you still have that game, Austin? Yeah, but like all the pieces are missing. It's not my okay. copy; it's a uh-huh. sister's copy. But it's the best game in the world. Let's play Pretty Pretty Princess oh next time we're all together. We'll do a Twitch stream. Yeah, we definitely need to do that. We need to have a we need to have a board game night because I got a whole bunch uh, this past Christmas that I haven't even opened yet because. <laughs> You know, pandemic, I can't get with people 
to play the game, mm-hmm. so I'm sitting here eagerly waiting for a, a moment to strike where I can dive into my board game collection. I actually got a bunch of board games recently, but they're all like complicated strategy games. And they're all Marvel themed. That's what I'm finding too, is like, a, the, I got in the same boat where the ones I've got are like, like to set up the game, it probably takes just as long to play the game, mm-hmm. which I'm like debating is like, is that worth it? And I think with the right crowd it is, but I'm not going to waste it on somebody I don't want to play with. What? That game that we played Austin as a group before, that Disney villain game, that was really complicated. We, we, we had a time. <laughs> That was... Jacob, were you there That was something. I don't think I was. I can't remember. I remember playing, like, the Cyanide game or whatever it is, and then the, um... What else did we play the last time we hung out at your apartment? Mario Kart Uh, Tour. I can't remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was actually really fun. (laughs) I actually really liked that. (laughs) That Disney villain game, though, that was... We couldn't figure it out. No. I I don't know how that's aimed for children. Is it aimed for children? I I don't know. It went over my head. Ugh. It was hmm. less. It's less fun when you're trying to figure out what to do in the first place. Then we can't. But. And then, like, you realize you've been playing the game wrong for like the past two hours, and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> then it just ruins the whole experience. You're like, "So the person who's winning shouldn't be winning. They've been cheating this whole time." <laughs> and yeah, it, it. That's I hate complicated board games. It's uh. We did I don't know. play Oregon Trail that one time. That was fun. Yeah, Oregon Trail. That's what we played. I remember that one. That's when we, that was fun. I died of dysentery. We could play that again. That was great. I think we all ended up dying of dysentery. Yeah, I think I made it like just past when Alex died, and then I died like the next turn of dysentery. <laughs> so I think it spread. A snake bite or a dysentery or you're invaded. Yeah. So Austin, you look so deep in thought. Are you ready to talk about episode sixteen? I am. Pokemon but I'm shipwreck. Really distracted. I think there's a dead pixel on my laptop screen. Oh no! And it's like right in the middle of my face, like the you could thumbnail of my face. Oh, no. oh my it's gosh! Like... You could fix that with toothpaste. Okay, oh, you? I think you can rub some petroleum jelly or some toothpaste on it, and I think it uh. Alex, it I think it like bl- says no. I think it blacks it out. I think it blacks it out. I think you're thinking of the back of a scratched CD-ROM disc, and you can use toothpaste to buff out scratches on that, but. <laughs> They're all the same. Dead pixels on a screen are kind of, as far as I know, permanent. So just imagine it's a star, (laughs) like you're looking at the sky at night and you just see a star. Or, oh, that's actually a good idea. Put a starry night sky background on your laptop screen, and you will never see the difference. Maybe a Van Gogh. Yep. Oh, Chippendales. Oh God. You went? No. Okay. I applied. No. Um, uh, you got the job. <laughs> congrats, Austin. Congrats. They announced a new Hulu series um, depicting the guy, Soman Banerjee, who founded Chippendales. And so I'm like, we were oh. We just talking about I was like, oh, well, let me click on that article because we just talked about that. And I found out, I'm like, well, first of all, why are they making a miniseries about this? Apparently, he contracted a assassination, like a stripper assassination against the rival stripper company and he he hired a hitman arrested yeah he hired a hitman jacob did you know this i did not know this um and then he was arrested and then he uh killed himself in jail was this recently this is the 90s oh okay never mind 
But no, apparently there's several movies about him. Who huh. knew? Interesting. I didn't know the uh, the Chippendales website didn't let us know about that part. I didn't know the um like male stripper advertising was so uh like competitive. <laughs> you know, hiring hitmen to cut throat out there. Yeah, you gotta cutting something else off. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, oh goodness! Gosh. All right, are we ready to transition into our the main focus of the episodes this week? Yes, let's talk about the Titanic episode. Yes. Oh my god, they just announced another Chippendale series. Like, literally just right now? Like, four days ago. Like, five days ago, they announced the Hula one. Four days ago, they announced the Discovery Plus true crime series. Oh my god. I wonder what the renewed, like, interest in this whole thing is, but on that note... <laughs> Alright, are we ready to go into our episode summary challenges? Oh boy. Yep. All right. So uh, hopefully this goes a lot better than last week's, where we can actually hear each other. <laughs> I think this. Yeah, we should discuss that. Yeah. Okay. So for the episode last week, it was um, if the audio sounds off, we all apologize. It's all Austin's fault. No, no, just kidding. It's not. It's really not. No, um, Austin's no. the only one who's immune to these audio yeah. problems yep. so, so far. So far, he's definitely the uh, our audio master as far as it comes to all the editing. All the cool music you hear, that's all due to well, Austin. That's all, some all. of the some of the editing in the earlier ones are pretty bad, so let's not. There's a learning curve, okay? No, no, okay. no, you're 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 doing better than I ever could. You know, I'm gonna say that. And so, word. Some of the last problems with the or the problems with the last episode was Alex and Austin were in the same room, and they had their mic set to uh, <laughs> was it Omni or no? You didn't have it to Omni. It was not set to Omni, yeah, so. and it was only picking up Austin's voice because he was angled towards it, and I was not. So hey, you know what we should do? We should send a Celebi with Alex back in time, and she can go back to the previous episode. What a wonderful idea, Austin. Okay, go Celebi, go Alex, come back. Okay, here I go. Okay, now I'm back. Oh, hey. So that was the um, some of the audio issues with that episode. We're still um, we're all on a learning curve here, but uh, but the episodes are getting better. I feel like uh, we are definitely getting hitting more of a stride. <laughs> I think my favorite learning curve moment was the very introduction of the first episode, where Jacob, you were so fucking nervous that yeah. You can hear it in your voice. I'm sorry, Jacob, but it's just the reality. Wow, of it. way to call it out. No, I can I can feel that too. I definitely um <laughs> we talked about this for a very long time trying to do the podcast and have it actually put in my front of my face. I folded like a lawn chair a little bit, so uh, I apologize for that. But, uh, <laughs> no, you've gotten a lot better. <laughs> yes, I've sure. gotten a lot better. Yeah, like I said, it's a learning curve. You know, you just gotta as long as you get better. That that's what you want. You know, if, if we were regressing, I would be a little pissed, but. <laughs> We are definitely all doing a fantastic job. I really enjoy doing this weekly with you all. And um, most of the time, it's the highlight of my week. So, Aww. Yes. You're welcome. That is so sweet to say. It is a very fun project. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Any more issues you need to, uh, we need to address? I just threw my phone across the room for the third time since we started recording. You need to get it? How did you manage that, Austin? I don't know. There's something wrong with me. I, the patrol, the petroleum jelly was a joke. I hope you didn't actually take it and wipe it all over your phone and your computer screen. <laughs> all right, uh, with uh, all right. the issues being addressed, I think it's time we go on to our ep- episode summary challenges, where we each Wait, get. Hold on. I want to talk about tall tits real quick. So, okay. <laughs> if we ever get to the actual episodes <laughs> during this episode, okay. What's the politics? 
I was joking. Oh. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. I see the dead pixel on your screen now, Austin, and I can't stop looking you at don't. it. don't. Yes, I do. How can you see? You're seeing my camera. How can you possibly okay, see? Okay, okay, okay. I see a dead no, pixel on my screen. No, 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 not no. in the room. No, 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 no. It was a, it was a piece of spit or something. There was, on the camera? There was something there, I swear, because it, it was white, and it looked like a dead pixel, and I was like, is that my screen? And I waved my uh It's the Nike over. logo on my glasses. No, it's not. There was something there. I wish I was recording this. There was something there. I'm not going crazy. Is it a bug? Take up seeing things. It may have been a bug, but it looked like a dead pixel, but it wasn't. Maybe it's, it's, a it's back again. It's, it's, no, it's a dead b- pixel. Come to haunt me. Okay, lean your head to the left. Oh, fuck. I'm an idiot. It's your doorknob on your closet. <laughs> Oh, it's the sh- it's the glare off of it? the Do you see it? Yes, shiny doorknob. <laughs> oh my god, people are gonna think we're lunatics. We have lost it. It looks off though, doesn't it? Alex, defend me here. I see. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it looks like yeah. It it's the reflective surface of the shiny doorknob. Good lord, I'm getting dumber. <laughs> So now we'll actually try to transition into our episode summary challenges, where each week we get 30 seconds to give a quick summary of each one of the episodes we have watched. And uh, we're probably not going to be able to do it, but we tried anyway. And I have the randomizer <laughs> this week. I'm taking over that duty, I guess. And <laughs> and the uh, order is Austin, uh, me, Jacob, and then Alex. Oh, God. That me. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Um. <laughs> I have to do the Beauty and the Beach episode. Oh, Lord. All right, someone time me. All right, uh, give me a quick second. Hold on, I can get it. So my episode's Pokemon Shipwreck. Are you ready? Yep. All right, and go. As we saw last week, um, the Twerps and Team Rocket have sunk into the bottom of the ocean where they're on, like, some sort of, like, water chasm and the boat dropping back and forth and it's upside down. So they team up for the first time. And they climb Onyx, who makes a staircase, and they go to the hole and bore through it and somehow go to the surface of the ocean without dying of the bends. And Team Rocket uses James's newly bought Magikarp, but somehow it can't swim. Um, but they get to the surface anyway. They float on a raft for a while. Time. And then Magikarp falls <laughs> on the Gyarados and attacks the end. Good job, Austin. Can I ask you something? Yeah. You say Chasm? During episode summary time... We don't judge any mistakes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, the ship drowned. <laughs> no, I didn't know if you actually said chasm. I was worried. I was saying it wrong the whole time. No, it's chasm. It's I'm chasm. Idiot. Okay. Chasm. <laughs> You're fine. Every time I hear someone like say a word differently than I do, I immediately assume they're right because I don't speak well. Or spe- I don't I speak genu- good. I, <laughs> I genuinely think maybe we need to reformat the summary part, but let's move on for now. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you mean? It's more fun when we have no preparation whatsoever. Well, that's true. That was great. Good, good effort. God, I, this is going to take less than 30 seconds, I think, because uh, whatever. Who wants to time me? Okay. The episode is Island of the Giant Pokemon. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? <sighs> Three, two, one, 
Go. So Ash and friends land on an island, and they get separated from their Pokemon. <laughs> separated from their Pokemon, and it turns out that Pokemon can actually talk. We just don't understand them, or we knew they could talk or communicate with each other. But this time we actually get clear uh, feedback of what they're actually saying. And Ash and friends eventually find the lost Pokemon along with Team Rocket, and they run into some really giant Pokemon, and they get chased all over the island, and the Pokemon get destroyed because Team Rocket lands on them with a, um... Done. Whatever. Done. <laughs> I got distracted by Island. Team Rocket destroys a giant Pokemon, and Giovanni's in massive debt. Boom. And they're robots. <laughs> and they're robots. Yeah, I forgot to mention that part. I think we're getting worse. We are. This is just... There's a lot happening. You can't condense it all down into 30 seconds. Alright, Alex, I got you when you're ready. Okay, hold on one second. I need to mentally prepare myself. This episode was the lost episode. There was a lot going on here. What's it called? Beauty and the Beach. That was actually a really good name. So, I will try my best, but don't. there's no guarantees with this. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so after Ash and friends um, find their way off the island of the giant Pokemon and escape the shipwreck, they are in the town, beautiful beach town, Porta Vista, where they find themselves in some trouble having to pay back Mo, the old man, for destroying his boat. So they work in his restaurant, and shenanigans ensue, where Team Rocket is working at the rival restaurant, and then there's a beauty contest that Professor Oak tells him about to earn some money to pay off the debts, and then Time. Ash and friends win, and the end. <laughs> I know. Well, it was a lot. How was I supposed to go into the whole? There was, there was too much. You had more the happening. hardest one. I feel like. Ugh, this was hard. I didn't do a good job. Yeah. I feel like I never do a good job with these. These were but... like. Well, the problem is, see, the first like few episodes we did, there's really not that much action because they're really setting up material for the story or whatever. And as we get further and further on, there's just going to be more and more material that gets you know put into each each in each episode. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I think we're now at prime Pokemon season one. We are. I would definitely agree with that. We have everyone set up, and now it's wacky adventures without a moment to stop. You could say that again. Oh, God. Like, it's like one thing after another. Like, I was exhausted watching this. I'm like, oh, geez. This is for a child's attention span. <laughs> I couldn't watch these. I couldn't watch these, like, back to back to back. I had to do them, like, one night at a time. It's a lot. Especially when you're typing on your phone and then something else happens and you're like, oh, i got to note that too. It's like I'm pausing, taking notes, pausing. I'm like, God, oh, this, this is a lot of work. It's homework. <laughs> it's a lot of homework. Right. Pokemon Shipwreck. Dun -dun -dun. Where do you even start with this episode? With Ash, Misty, Brock, Jesse, and James being dead. Yeah, there's a, a theme running in these episodes that they're all surprised that they're alive. At the, each one of them. Can I just start this off by saying the very <laughs> the very first part of this was officer jenny and her squad of <laughs> police men are just assuming that they're dead and did they even try to find them and search and like mount any kind of rescue effort because it just seemed to me that they just assumed they were dead and then hold this funeral at sea well remember it's officer jenny she can be bothered to take some flowers out of the ocean and throw them in the water 
she can't be bothered to use the Pokemon technology they have to actually go down and investigate the shipwreck. Or just She's the like, Pokemon. Yeah, right. them, them dead. Yeah. They, have, like, they didn't even use the Pokemon to go look for them. I mean, you have so many ways to get to the boat, but it's like, they're dead. I mean, there's several instances of submarines in the Pokemon world, and they could have sent a dive team or, like, a submarine team or even the Pokemon themselves. Go and look. Find them. Officer Jenny apparently not. will not do work. Don't get her wrong. She's, She's just... not going to do anything. It's, it's so much paperwork to set up the search, to potentially find the bodies. You know, they haven't even let, like, their parents know that they're dead yet. You know, as far as we know. They just, like... <laughs> They didn't even know, bother to find out who it was that died to contact the family to let them know, you know? Well, they had their list of names. They did, but they, like, in the later episode, wouldn't, uh, or not to jump too far ahead, but Ash's mom would be like, oh my god, you survived, you know? But it said it's... She had no yeah, idea. Yeah, she had no I idea. I came to this, to this beach to mourn you. Yeah, I <laughs> came to this beach to mourn you. <laughs> this, vac- this vacation spot to bring mourning. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Ginny's useless. Well, I was going to say another fun point of this episode was the regular animals that yes. they had. The regular fish. I the looked fish. out a window and says, fish swimming. This can't be. I'm like, you're right, Ash. That can't be. <laughs> They're not supposed to Yeah, exist. they quickly do away with that. So they see the regular fish. And then in my next note, I just put the really lucky they didn't land in that trench. The way it was teetering like it was. I mean, what are the chances of them actually falling like on the, the Mariana Trench? They land in, like, the one rocky outcropping of, like, this entire trench. Yeah, they, they land on the one peak, and that is addressed in what I thought was one of the funniest scenes in the whole episode, is when they're teetering back and forth when they call out the Pokemon to try to, like, battle or whatever, and then they realize that they're teetering the boat back and forth, which doesn't make much sense, because I don't think this weight would really proportion no. the, the boat. You mean, you mean the stretch of 30 feet in the hallway is yes. going to change the ballast? <laughs> yes. That goes on. I bring that up. Like later, a but... multiple ton ship. But instead of calling the Pokemon back, they just continuously run back and forth. Meanwhile, Onyx has not changed the weight at all. Oh, That's... Alex. What? Alex. Oh, this... <laughs> yes, please inform uh, Well, I... Did we want to wait? Because that was... Well, I guess that was the highlight. We I've been waiting for this for years, like to go back and watch this episode. This is probably one of my top five moments of like the entire series. Was Onyx when Brock calls Onyx out and he's like, "Onyx, make a staircase," and that's it's all of like two seconds, but it's absolutely the highlight of my entire Pokemon viewing experience. I don't know why, but I love it so much. And he does. He makes a staircase, and they were able to run up to the the next level. Is this when? I think I'm, I'm maybe jumping ahead there. Is this when Team Rocket gets left behind, or do they follow Ash and friends? They follow them. Oh, I they think. follow them. Okay, because there's one scene in this series that will like would gave me PTSD if I saw it as a kid. I think. <laughs> you didn't see this as a kid. I I think I remember it vaguely, but I'm absorbing a lot more of it now. <laughs> as a kid, I guess I couldn't handle it. <laughs> Okay, so they were like, let's just go ahead. They're over like a fiery chasm. Chasm. Uh, chasm. <laughs> like, they call it an inferno. I'm like, I guess there was like a engine explosion that happened. Yeah. Are you talking about when they wake up and there's the uh, the gas fire going on in the... No, I'm talking about the scene you're talking about. Oh, end. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How'd that happen? I don't know. But they use Bulbasaur's vines. And I'm like, I don't think Bulbasaur's vines are that sturdy that you can just walk on them for that... Far distance. 
They didn't sag either. Yeah, you're right. They no. just stayed perfectly straight the whole time. They were. They seem kind of elastic when he uses them in that one episode when Pikachu battles him. They seem more a little frail, but this they were, maybe he can. He took a Vagra or something. His vines were like really hard that day. Just oh my god. <laughs> Bubble Vagra. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like these episodes are such a fever dream that that we shouldn't even question the logic. It's just like dream events, just random things happen. Mm-hmm. As seen with the Pokemon running back and forth. Yes, and we do get an instance of um, I think this is the episode where we do learn that if Charmander Charmander's tail can be put out with water, and he will die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a problematic episode for Charmander. Poor Charmander. They so poorly prepared. They're just like Charmander bore a hole, and they don't have any preparation for the tons of ocean water that I have to keep on their heads. Or when they put Ekans and they use acid on the floor and it just keeps coming up and fills the room. <laughs> and Ash and Friends are so horrible towards Team Rocket. Just grab oh a water Pokemon. Yeah, can we can we talk about that? Like I, I wanna point out so Misty sends out Goldine to find a way off the ship, which is like, okay, that's pretty smart. I don't know if their logic makes sense, like, oh we have to go down to go up or whatever, but Anyway, Goldine runs into Team Rocket and, like, good guy Goldine, or girl Goldine, saves them single-handedly. But then later, Misty's like, okay, like you said, Austin, she's like, okay, we're going to escape. Just grab onto a water Pokemon, knowing that Team Rocket does not have a water Pokemon. (laughs) Just grab one. And I'm like, why not give Team Rocket Starmie, and Brock could have used Star U instead. Mm Mm-hmm. And they all could have escaped, but in, and then they're like, "Oh, I wonder whatever happened to Team Rocket." I'm like, "Girl, you left him there to die." That's the scene that actually really tripped me out. Is when they were drowning, and it shows oh, them drowning. Oh, oh. And it shows them like not being able to breathe and like slowly passing out. That was um, that's pretty traumatic for a kids' cartoon. <laughs> and Ash also has a scene where he imagines his own drowning death. That one too. That one missed me. <laughs> Okay, then, like... And somehow, apparently, Magikarp was able to rescue them. Like, James's Magikarp came through, I guess, somehow, but... Floated to the surface. (laughs) Are we to assume... I mean, here's the thing about Magikarp. They're like, oh my god, this Magikarp can't even swim. But did they expect Magikarp to go up through a geyser of water pouring down on them, like, at a straight 90-degree angle and fight the waves well the but, other ones were and Goldine and all of them they did it no problem i thought the goal was to like let the like compartment fill up and yeah, like when the pressure when the pressure like eases because that's what you're supposed to do in a car yeah like if well, you, pressure doesn't exist in the pillion world i guess not yeah <laughs> they have but no problem that's what i thought they were trying to do like if in a car you let it sink to the bottom and then you can open the door like no problem but if you try to open the door as you're sinking or as it's filling with water you're not going to get anywhere but I said, I don't know. I guess gra- they defy gravity and make it out. And that's all I can say. There's kind of a suspension of disbelief with this whole thing, but fever dream. <laughs> fever dream. Um, long story short, they all make it out onto this raft. Which, like you said, Austin, you pointed out earlier that they, or was it Jacob? They didn't die of the bends, which apparently they're thousands of feet down in the. Oh, it was you, Austin. Well, I want to give credit where credit it was, was me. due. It was me. It was me. It was me. It was me. One of y'all, both of y'all, somebody pointed out the bends, and they didn't die of the bends, so. Yeah, it's pretty loosey-goosey. That also. Did you ever think about how water-type Pokemon can live in both fresh and salt water? 
Yes, brackish, salt, That's a good point. or yep. fresh water. They're bull sharks. And they can apparently breathe for some length of time outside of water, like Magikarp. That thing was suffering. It was on the the raft for a while, and it was just flopping. I'm not going to recall it. They just left it out to flop. Well, like they were day. imagining <laughs> eating it. I was like, well, poor Magikarp. I guess people really do eat Magikarps. No, Misty says that you can't. Oh, well, she was the only sane one. She's like, oh, it's all, like, scales and bones or whatever, but... This was a great showing for Misty. She took charge. She did, which I kind of want to save my thoughts on that, but... No, I was going to point out, I want to I talk about the whole part where they're, like, up there on the surface or on the raft, and Brock's like, okay, well, Ash, first he was like, I don't know which way's which, and Brock was like, I remember the story of Noah... And I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, one second. So, apparently the Bible story exists in the Pokemon world. That was He's wild. Like... That was a crazy <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was genuinely, like, genuinely kind of caught off guard. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like, the regular fish, okay, I can believe that. They haven't sort of ironed out those details yet. But, whoa, Brock, talking about a real-life religious application here, like... And Ash is like, I'll be just like Noah. I'll be just like <laughs> Noah. Yeah, I'll be just like Noah, and he throws Pidgeotto out there. To find a, a I was hoping for branch. a rainbow, like a rainbow to appear in the back. That would have solidified the moment. So we go from Titanic to the Bible story. See, which... that's the problem. This story isn't even Titanic. No, but I think it had just come out, the movie. Yeah, it did. It did. It actually lines up perfectly with that movie. But the whole right. this whole story is Poseidon. It's like, this is like, if you watch that movie, Poseidon, I think it has the the guy from Flipper in it. Not Elijah Wood, but the, uh, like his the uncle. Dolphin? <laughs> the dolphin? Flipper. <laughs> it has like his uncle in it, I think, as the, um, one of the characters. And that Poseidon, the boat sinks. They literally land next to the Mariana Trench, on a, like on a chasm, I think. And <laughs> and then like the boat's upside down, and they literally have to like reverse engineer the boat map to try to actually find oh. bottom. Yeah, let me see real quick. Wait, so was Poseidon or Pokemon first? Let me see. Which one oh, was based definitely on the which? movie. So this was completely yes. based on the movie. There's like a 1972 one. And then there's a um, like 2006 one, which um, it's like a wave. Waves tip over the boat, and people get trapped at the bottom, and they try to come up. It says so basically yeah, the, a one to one recreation. A little of the synopsis. It's only gonna take a second. After a huge tidal wave capsizes a luxury liner in the North Atlantic, individual survivors band together and traverse a hazardous upside down maze that they hope will take them to safety. As the wrecked vessel fills with water, the survivors must call on hidden strengths and skills to face the fight for their lives. I think we got a movie night ahead of us. Yeah. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker and The Poseidon Adventure. Yeah. I actually like this movie. <laughs> I've seen this one before, and it was... Um, the 70s or the new one? The new one. It was in, I think okay. the 71. 70s is pretty good, too, but the, the new one was actually really good, too. I guess maybe the writers for this episode had just recently watched that movie, and they were like, okay... That's what we're gonna. There's, make a, an there's a ship in the game. Yeah, the, <laughs> what is it? The um, Saint Anne or whatever. Yeah, well, in, in the game versus the Japanese version, it's SS Anne in the English version. But. Yep. Oh, uh, one part that made me laugh really hard was when uh, they throw water on Team Rocket after they've suspectedly drowned, and they come back <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, zombies!" We're not zombies. They push their bodies to sea. 
Oh, dear. oh, that's right. They poke them. Whatever. Oh my gosh! And then the part afterwards where they survive, and Pikachu like literally goes yeah. and like snaps his fingers. He's like, "Oh damn!" I thought they died. They didn't die. <laughs> I put that in my notes. Too bad they didn't die. We couldn't have pushed him overboard and never to be seen again. Which is so out of character for him. Like, I know yeah, he's like, is. he's like, like willingly hoping for their death. I'm <laughs> like, dang, that's dark, Pikachu. Oh, they also say a prayer for Team Rocket. They do. Oh, yeah. More religion. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Uh... They're like, oh, we did all we could do. Just push them over. They didn't check a pulse. <laughs> After they let them uh, drown, like, yeah. they did not give them Sarmi, like you said. Everyone just yeah, assumes... Yeah, they, they're the ones. They're like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to Team Rocket. Oh, well, I guess they died. Yeah, everyone just assumes, like, death. <laughs> like, if you don't see someone, you just assume they're dead, obviously. Like, Ginny doesn't see, see them. See, this is why living in the Pokemon world, you have to have... I think you should have a Pokemon for these practical situations like a fire type for light if you're in a dark place or a water type that could swim if you're trapped somewhere like that was always one of the things that i was like guys if you're living in this perilous world you should be having a pokemon that can get you out of hairy situations the poor magikarp gets kicked into the ocean <laughs> then they try to eat it did you talk about the eating part no Meowth tried to eat it oh yeah they all and it broke his teeth off ah the moment i too <laughs> hey, come on now. That might have been my quote. That's not in this episode. <laughs> so, Magikarp panic evolves, I guess. And then... <laughs> That's a great ...goes thing. and tries to kill the twerps in Team Rocket. They... Okay, Misty says that the... I guess it summons more Gyarados. And then they start spinning around. Which seems to me more like Twister than Dragon Rage. Mm-hmm. But... And then she's like, oh my god, nobody's ever escaped a dragon rage. Like, Misty's having a panic attack. Like, she's yeah. in a shock. Isn't she... I, I know this is later, but isn't she scared of Gyarados? Yes. Yes. Yeah, she has, like, a PTSD moment with it. Like, we're gonna retroactively apply that to her. So yeah. it does make sense. Yeah. So, but I'm like, okay, I guess they hadn't ironed out all the moves yet. But she's like, oh, dragon rage is Gyarados' ultimate move. I'm like, wait, can it learn, like, Hyper Beam and all that stuff, <laughs> which theoretically would be more powerful, but... Dragon Rage always inflicts exactly 40 HP damage. So not an ultimate move. No. Misty's Got just it. freaking out. More of a guaranteed she's... kind of move. Yeah. How about they... Why do so they she's stop, though? she got some though? trauma. What's that? So they, like, they're fleeing the Gyarados, but then they just stop. Well, it summons that big old Twister, and then it sucks them into the Vortex. Right, like, it starts roaring in our heroes just stop rowing away even though now it's the perfect chance to get yeah. further away. That's what I was saying. It was like, it, I put in my notes, it was like why stop if you think it's Dragon Rage? Like they stop and Misty go, yeah, like you said Alex, it's Dragon Rage. Then no keep going. No one's ever gotten away yeah. from Dragon Rage. Then move. They, <laughs> keep going. Don't they stop. They resign themselves to their fate. <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're willing to sacrifice themselves if it means the end of Team Rocket. So we that's the last we see of them, at least for this episode, because they get sucked up into the vortex, and what will become of them? We'll find out next time as the journey continues. Twister was introduced <laughs> in Generation 2. Oh, that's interesting. So Missy just misidentified the attack because she was food and water deprived after spending a day on a raft after suffering the bends. That's true. So she was her mind was addled. Yes. I like that. We can 
we'll go with that explanation that it wasn't wasn't actually Dragon Rage. It was Twister. Yeah, be, yeah, that's actually cool. So she discovered a move without discovering a move. All right, are we ready for our MVP and LVP? So, All right. Yes. All right, let me uh pull up my trusty old handy randomizer here. Oh, it's Alex, Austin, Jacob. Yay! So sorry, guys. I know I'm probably gonna take the obvious choices here. You better not. You better not. <laughs> So MVP, I picked Misty for the reason that Austin outlined, and that's why I wanted to hold off on my thoughts on that because, <laughs> sorry, Jacob. Um, Misty, she's the only sane-minded person off about getting off the ship. You know, she's taking charge and making moves and getting things done. Plus, she also pointed out she had built a scale model of this ship at some point. And so she had intimate knowledge of the entire layout of the ship. I'm like, dang, good for her. So she's the only one getting stuff done and being practical. Like, we're not going to battle on the middle of a sinking ship. You can put aside your rivalry until we're, like, not dying. And she has a heck of a memory, too. Yeah, and so she was the one who... And basically being the only water-type trainer... Well, I guess Ash had Squirtle, but... You know, she's got these other Pokemon that were able to, like, get them to safety. So... Misty for sure, there's no question. And I'm sure you know that my LVP is going to be Jenny. Oh, <laughs> I forgot oh, about what'd her. You, what'd you think? What'd you think I was going to say? I don't know what you were going to say. I thought Austin for sure. I'd be like, oh, you're definitely going to pick Jenny, but... I forgot completely. <laughs> Jenny, for her five seconds at the beginning where she assumes these kids are dead and makes no sort of attempt whatsoever to try to help them. So she just throws the flowers in the water and... We did all we could. And then does not contact their families. Yeah, presumably. Yeah, because that, you know what? That makes it even worse. You're right. Because they had been, what, at sea for a couple days at least? And presumably none of the families were notified that they were even dead. They're like, okay. Right. Case closed. (laughs) But she's, in true Jenny fashion, the worst. So, the quote that I had picked for this episode was, during my favorite part, and Austin, I'm sure you know, was Brock when he calls out Onyx and he says, Onyx, make a staircase. (laughs) And I had another one, but I don't want to take it just in case one of y'all had it. So, that was the highlight of the episode for me, was the staircase part. (laughs) Alright, I'll go. Because my MVP is Onyx for making a staircase. Oh, Oh, (laughs) Nice, well done. And I have a double LVP if I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, go for it. My, well, I don't know. Jacob, what do you think? Hell I'm good it. with it. I'll allow My it. LVPs are both Goldeen and Pidgeotto. Dang. Because Misty sends Goldeen to go find a way off the ship. It doesn't find a way off the ship. Instead, it finds Team Rocket. Then, um, Ash and Brock elicit Noah. Uh, and they <laughs> try to send Pidgeotto to go find dry land. Pidgeotto just finds Team Rocket. So, every time they send <laughs> one of their Pokemon out to find something they're just fine team rocks is drowning corpses <laughs> it happens twice so really if goldine had not found them and left them to drown we would have avoided the next 20 years of team rocket well, it's, it's team rocket they always live yeah they always they okay. can't die they say they're invincible they're invincible so i mean we haven't got to the point where they start getting blasted off into the stratosphere well, they can't die if they're already dead True. because this is all a fever dream in Ash's mind. Is this Game of Thrones? What is dead may <laughs> okay. never die. 
Yep. I'm half convinced they're still in Bill's lighthouse as he's microdosing them. Uh, oh my god! That is what's happening. <laughs> they're just chained to the wall. <laughs> Got IVs uh, in them. Okay, that's the new like dark. These episodes are reality. weird. Like. <laughs> Okay, and universe. my quote is Jesse and James are doing the motto in their beach fantasy, and oh. they say Jesse, James with a perfect hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They Alrighty. were standout characters this episode. They were great this episode. Okay, Jacob, right. you go. So my um, I'll go ahead and state my MVP LVP. My MVP is the physics of this episode. <laughs> because it allowed them to get out of situations that normally physics would not apply to, such as the pressure coming out of the hole when they bust the side of the ship out. And my LVP is, uh, he didn't do anything wrong, I will say this, but James, because he is constantly scared and disappointed throughout the whole episode, especially when he gets his magic carp and he's so satisfied that he actually has a water-type Pokemon but then to find out how useless it is. <laughs> oh, so, poor James. Poor James. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you called me crazy. You called me crazy. <laughs> and, I love the part where, sorry to jump in on your LVP, but I love that part where he's like in the corner, like, he <laughs> like, plotting. <laughs> <laughs> so rubbing the gold ball that's not actually gold. <laughs> And then his his whole melodramatic, just leave me to die. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. He, just, <laughs> he always is like really pessimistic when uh when it comes to like certain situations in the episode. But you know what? Good for Jesse. She's like slaps him across the face. She's like, pull yourself together. I'm not gonna let you die. <laughs> I have the dialogue written down for that scene. <laughs> oh, you do. Oh, yeah. remind me. But J- Jacob, you do your quote first. Okay. I'm, so- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm completely no, jumping good. in on you, Jacob. No, take it over. He also calls uh, her Jessica, I think, for the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But anyway, my uh, my quote is Meowth when he says, I hate water, especially wet water. That was good. <laughs> All right, uh, Austin, do you have that quote my, ready for My us? quote is, I'm going to do the voices. <clears throat> Jessica, yes, James, whoever said beauty doesn't last must have been thinking of us. And Jesse says, I'll always remember what a wonderful dresser you were. And James' reply is, so will I. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. How conceited he is. That makes me want to go back and change my MVP to James just for that. You can. Yeah, he's definitely... I'm not, but... Misty also deserves it. (laughs) If you take James, I'll take take Misty. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They were both good. There's a process for this. Okay, Alex, you have to file an appeal... To me, to change it, <laughs> and then it has to go to section D of the department, and then we have to compile okay. back. Yeah, so, if you want to do that, that's fine. Have to appeal to the committee. There's a twenty dollars surcharge. So, that's all right. I'll stick with my original. Misty, like Austin said, she deserved it in her own way. <laughs> James is a runner-up. James is the runner-up, and so that episode ends, and now we transition till after the Dragon Rage. Where we find our heroes have landed on a nice beach. And they once again, they assume that they're all dead and that they're very lucky to be alive. They wash up on the beach of the some seemingly deserted island. And did we come across the Team Rocket first in this episode? Like, imploded in the sand? Um, Was that first or was it the Pokemon? I think it was Ash's Pokemon first. Ash and then... says, my Pokeballs are missing. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Pokemon. And I think Team Rocket is after that. Yeah. Yeah, they're upside down in the. That's where my uh, my notes begin with uh, Krabby walking up to the Team Rocket, like you know, head deep in the sand, and then the Krabby looks at the camera and smirks, and then like pokes each one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so was it gonna like eat them? What was the goal here? Like. I think it just enjoyed the pinching. So, I just want to point out that this is our very first, and Austin, I know how much you love these kind of episodes. This is our very first Lost in the Woods episode. It's an iconic moment, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, the the standout, the beginning of a trend that has spanned The starters years. get separated, and they are on by themselves. But this one's way better than these episodes usually are. Yeah, this one's actually really good. Yeah. Usually they're the worst episodes, but I think between the Pokemon having subtitles, um, the <laughs> weird like gimmick of the giant robot Pokemon. Spoiler alert. Yeah, and like just the Team Rocket being Team Rocket. There was a lot of fun happening here. Well, they didn't start out knowing that they were robots. Well, still. What movie is this referencing, Jacob? This is referencing uh, Jurassic Park. I was thinking that. But it was, um, but it was the, uh, not the... It was a Jurassic Park before the Jurassic Park. So there was a Jurassic Park that was robotic before there was actual dinosaurs. Westworld? Kind of. It was like there was animatronic dinosaurs, but then they said, this isn't good enough. We need real dinosaurs. So then they dove deeper and actually created real dinosaurs. I'm going to find out what movie that is. But uh, so actually another quick little flash of Team Rocket is we find out where Eckings and Coughing came from. Oh my gosh, I did write that down as a note. Yeah, so they weren't caught. No, Jesse and James did not catch these Pokemon. Nor were they given to them by Team Rocket. Jesse got Ekans for her birthday and James got coughing for Christmas. Who gave them these Pokemon? Well, James's family is rich. But he's been a runaway since he was a child. Spoiler. Um, Maybe they just sent it to him in the mail? (laughs) (laughs) The butler did it. And maybe James got Ekans for Jesse for her birthday. Could be. Because Jesse presumably doesn't... Does she have contact with her family? I don't think so. But she had a number of foster families. So I'm going to I'm going to pretend James. It was James. a former foster parent, maybe? No, I was going to say James. James got it for her. Okay. That's my personal thought. Okay, I googled animatronic dinosaur movie, and all I found is Tammy and the T-Rex, a 1994 the American what? sci-fi comedy film in which a high school student named Tammy, whose boyfriend Michael has his brain implanted in the body of robotic T-Rex by a mad scientist. I just want to stop you right there, because we're going to be watching this movie. I hope you know. Well, we never saw Theodore Rex with Whoopi Goldberg. Is that oh, what it's called? Oh, Lord. I have no idea. But this is a definite add to the list of wacky 90s movies to watch. So many movies. Who's that Pokemon? Network connectivity issues. <laughs> Jacob's back. Sorry, audience and you guys. I reset my internet. Hopefully that works. Construction is the worst. It ruins everything. We were talking about the Sarah McLaughlin pet commercial. Oh, the um. Sad oh, you animals. guys. Oh, you guys didn't have to wait for me. No, we did. 
I appreciate that. How are we going to have an episode when, like, a third of the cast <laughs> is missing? Well, like, well, I'm so those cause problems where it's like, well, did you guys talk about yes? Did you guys talk about yes? Did you guys talk about yes? I was just going to try to go with the flow. I appreciate y'all waiting. Hopefully this has solved the uh, Austin issues. could have pretended to be you. I'd be like, oh, Jacob, what do you think about that? Well, and then Austin I, could I have tried to. Jacob voice. So I actually have prepared for this. If, like, if one of you cuts out, I've been practicing mimicking your voices, so... Mm. Oh God, do it! Go for it! I want to hear. Oh God, I'm I'm Austin, and I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I hate hearing my voice played back. Oh, it's a nightmare. Okay, do what? Do, what do I sound like in your mind? I'm, I'm Alex. I'm here today, and we're talking about Pokemon, and um, I just love Brock. Yeah, I do. I love Brock. <laughs> Brock's my fave. You've got such a lighter voice compared to the two of us. It's really hard for me to really do. Well, it's honestly, like, I would hope so, yeah, considering yeah. the fact that I'm not a man. Yeah, yeah, that's it's hard for me to. It's a lot more soothing, and then uh, <sighs> I guess compared to thank you. Ours, yeah, I've learned that my laugh is horrible. I do. Like Austin, a, I love your I laugh. Like a, <laughs> no, you have a you have an audio track kind of laugh. <laughs> Austin. Like, for it. real. I love your laugh. It makes laugh. me laugh. Yeah, you have a great laugh. Uh, I had to cut... I've started cutting out my own laugh. No. No, Austin. Yeah, Austin. Oh, God. No, you I hated. love your laugh. No. No, Austin. Keep it in the flow. Please don't cut your laugh out. You have the best laugh. Speaking of flow, where were we? Um, The Pokemon can talk um, to each other. Okay, great. Did, okay. I, this did a great job of humanizing the Pokemon for the first time. This that's exactly what my thought was too. The the only problem I have with it, which is not even a problem, I have some problem with the Pokemon. But so like Ash's Pokemon are literate. They speak oh. you know proper grammar, proper you know sentence structure, all that stuff. Then we get to Ekans and coughing, and it's like so Ash's Pokemon would say, you know, I miss my master. My master is like a really good person. I like working with them. And then it gets to like Ekans and coughing, and they're both like Master Gone. Sad. Yeah, they speak that in a very kid. rudimentary. That yeah. Poor kids. Well. That change. Okay, so they do speak like better Copper in the in the Japanese, subtitle. Yeah. Okay, okay. So four kids made them seem like dumb yeah. and like <laughs> illiterate. I don't know why they did that. Because <laughs> they're the bad guy Pokemon. Oh, I just, I just love their explanation of like um. Master, master only bad. No bad Pokemon. <laughs> it's like that's really sweet, actually. I really like their loyalty to Jesse and James. Oh, I know it was so cute. I mean, they don't really I have do... personalities, so it's nice to get a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say, Austin, you pointed out that you know it kind of gave them personalities, like as far as I was kind of surprised. Like Squirtle, he's like this trickster he's like maybe they got eaten yeah that I mean, <laughs> this... perfectly tracked he was yeah. like his prankster gang member yeah. but you know what surprised me so squirtles completely made sense but then bulbasaur's attitude really surprised me because i thought we would have gotten that from charmander because he's like maybe ash forgot about us and abandoned us mm-hmm. and i'm like well why would Bulbasaur doesn't seem like the one that would that sounds like it should be coming from charmander because he was abandoned right wasn't i feel what was up with Bulbasaur, though? Wasn't he... Is there a backstory to him about, like, a... He, his trainer, mistreated him? Okay, Bulbasaur was so fucking cool. 
though. <laughs> he was like, just call me an orphan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was so insistent, like, you know, humans can't be trusted, Ash ain't shit. Uh, and the way... Where did he get that from? What? Where did he get that attitude I, from? It makes sense with when we first saw him, when he was like, oh, that's not! Like, snapping at them as they were tied up in Melanie's net and shit. And, like, he was, like, tackling Missy to the ground all the time. <laughs> True, I guess so. So I guess he's just, like, you know, he's guarded. Yeah. He's guarded and he doesn't, he's resistant to trust. I was like, way to go, Bulbasaur. Re-traumatize Charmander and I, make him relive the Damien days. Yeah, Charmander's easily the weakest character, other than Ekans coughing. Yeah, he doesn't really get a lot of characterization, but... He's just, like, sweet and... Yeah, he's really weak. He's like Pikachu's little psychic. Yeah. Aww. He's really weak-minded, which makes sense, you know, because he was so blindly loyal to Damien. And... Which doesn't make any sense on how, like, the complete personality shift that he gets when he evolves, yeah. but we'll save that for later. It's a total inverse. I know. So I also wanted to ask, well, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but Meowth. Meowth makes some kind of comment. He's like, he says his master isn't around, but he still acts like a rat. So does that mean that he's technically Giovanni's Pokemon? Yes. Okay, I feel like at this point that's the canon because he's like, I'm the top cat, meow, and he's so jealous of Persian and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we know he doesn't have a Pokeball. How do we know that at this point? Because he's gone into Pokeballs. So he doesn't technically belong, well, he obviously assumes he belongs to Giovanni. Right, but he's a wild Pokemon, I guess. I think he's, lo- he's loyal to Giovanni, but Giovanni doesn't want him. So it's kind right. of like he... Giovanni does not give a shit about him. Yeah, like he wants to be Giovanni to be his master, but Giovanni's just like, you know, I don't want you. Useless cat. Poor meow. And at this point, Jesse and James, I mean, they they consider him a part of their team, but they also sort of... He's a little bit of an afterthought, I guess, to them too. Mm. But speaking of Giovanni... <laughs> yeah. Another appearance by the grand schemer himself of the organization. Oh my god. <laughs> The part, uh, the part where they call him in the phone booth. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that was easily my favorite part of this whole episode. <laughs> Let's say our lines so he knows it's us. Prepare for trouble. What are you guys calling me? Jesse. Like, I like how the mono music is playing through the phone. <laughs> the phone. <laughs> and they spell out the R with the phone cord. Yes. They like hold it like a cat's cradle. Oh my god, that was so great. She's like, oh, well, just, first of all, how 90s of it was it for her to be like, we'll call Collect. <laughs> who will call Giovanni Collect. Who will accept the charges? I know who. <laughs> and she's like, Giovanni's like, you fools better have a good reason for calling me this early. And Jesse's like, yes, we do, but first we have to do the introduction. <laughs> so he knows exactly. Them. Like, he doesn't already know who's yeah. calling him. I'm sorry, it was cracking me up the whole time. And Team Rocket really was great through these stretch of episodes. Like, they've become the Team Rocket that we know, for mm. sure. <laughs> I also like how the phone booth is just randomly out there, and presumably for, like, employees to use yeah. for maintaining this park. But, like, it has, like, an above-ground cable that stretches for miles. <laughs> that they pull themselves with? That yes. They just, that they just touch, assuming it's not hot, you know? And then they continue to pull it after they leave the telephone booth. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea of using the phone booth as cover, though. It's like this, they won't be able to get us if we're inside the phone booth. That was smart on Jesse's merit, but... 
Oh god. Okay, so we're gonna get back to the Pokemon. Yes, I got. Oh, you talking about the like the big Pokemon, little the po- little Pokemon. Okay, because I got something okay. to say about the big Pokemon. Okay, first I should just note Ash, Misty, Brock. They don't. They do jack shit this whole episode. They're so. <laughs> they're such non-entities. Yeah. They just run around. Um. Yeah, they they were they weren't very useful, but this was the Lost in the Woods Pokemon centric episode. Yeah, right. So. I think it was kind of planned. I for, I like to know. We have to know. This is the establishment of the Bulbasaur Charmander or Bulbasaur Squirtle friendship. Yes. So that was cool. I like how they fit together, for sure. And again, Charmander is Pikachu's little sidekick for now, which will... They'll continue to have a little relationship from here on out. Um, I want to... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just going to point out one little thing about Charmander, and that was the fact of when they're calling out for the trainers, you know, they're like, you know, Ash, Misty Brock. Charmander was the one who said, Brock! And Brock (laughs) called for Charmander. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they were calling for each other, and I was like, oh my god! This should have been how it was, like, they do remember, meant to be. Right. Maybe that's why Charmander became such a dick when he evolved. He's like, I should have been with Brock. Yeah. I should have been with him. He was me. I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> but I picked the up on that. I'm like, oh, Brock and Charmander were each other's first thoughts when they were Yeah, yeah. Squirtle pulled out for Mitzi, but I guess that's just because he's a water type trainer. Yeah. And they each had one, I guess, to match, too. Right. I think Brock also called for Bulbasaur, and he caught him when they jumped at the cart. Yeah. Aww. Okay, can we talk about the 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 drunk scene? Which scene? Did you miss the part where they go to the slow bro bar in the middle of nowhere and they all get like? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like yeah. I, I, I didn't put that as the right thing. You talking about the like hibachi bar? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, they're all totally drunk, and I wrote down each of their drunk selves. I did not make that connection, but I was like, why are we having this extended cut of like them in this like weird food bar in the middle of the? They're all like acting drunk and they and half of them have like the red blushes yeah the yeah. the that like a uh, skin thing yeah mm-hmm. okay coughing is crying and eating his feelings <laughs> ekans is caught crying and commit commiserating with pikachu pikachu is having to be i think he's the most sober one because he's a reassuring ekans and he's like nodding in support as ekans is bemoaning his fate charmander meanwhile is also stuffing his face, and he's watching Pikachu and Ekans with, like, mild curiosity, because he's just like, I'm just feeling good, I'm just eating here, I'm just watching this disaster going on right next to me. <laughs> so he was my favorite, except for Bulbasaur, who was belligerently pounding his hands on the table and yelling at Squirtle over some minor infraction as Squirtle puts his hand up, like, oh, whoa, it's okay, it's okay, man, it's okay. <laughs> and Meowth is passed out on the table drunk, <laughs> like, in blackout. <laughs> We have Pikachu as the DD for the evening, and everyone else is just getting plastered. It was great. I it love that. Great. It also made me wonder where this Slowbro is getting his alcohol supply. Well, if you want to jump ahead 20 years to Alola, where there's an Orangaroo bar in the middle of the that. forest <laughs> yep. serving yep. alcohol. I guess he could be Presumably. like making fermented alcohol. Yeah. With, uh, it's probably like some rice. The, some like yeah, rice. Yeah, berries and things. Sake. Sake, yeah. I was going to say, this is not the first instance. Well, it is the first instance, but the Orangaroo bar was not the first instance of a bar in the middle of the woods. But... All right, that's all I got for the Pokemon. I have the big Pokemon. Something Go to say for it. That. And I may... That's it. The part I remember is, when they see the giant Pokemon, I think it was like Brock. It may be Brock. I think Brock, Misty, and Ash kind of all point something out. That, like, they see... They see the uh, the Charizard, and they go, oh, that's the evolved form of Charmander. 
And then they see like Blastoise and they say, oh, that's what happens when Bulbasaur evolves. Or, so I wonder, like, I took that as them not taking out the middle Pokemon. Like, I don't know. that Clearly they had them because they're in the games and all that stuff. But they didn't even mention them. Like, that's not like the final evolution. Or they kind of skip over like the War Turtle, Charmeleon, Ivysaur part of their evolutions. Well, I think they just wanted Kaiju. They just went Kaiju. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, they were the cover mascots, so they gotta appear semi-early. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know they, I know they got him, but I'm not talking about, like, they skipped it over, like, they missed that in the story, but they didn't mention them, like, as part of the evolutionary uh, chain, which uh, kind of surprised me. But maybe they were saving that for later. I don't know. I just found that part interesting. The middle starters are always neglected. Yeah, they, they really are. That's what I mean. They're just continuously neglected about throughout the series even though i love the charmeleon card that's probably one of my favorite cards i got as a kid well i hope you're looking forward to ash having charmeleon for approximately one and a half episodes yeah i know he doesn't get much time (laughs) (laughs) it's really sad (laughs) too bad we never get ivysaur ivysaur is arguably the best i think ash's Bulbasaur would be great as an ivysaur like his personality would fit that yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna ask like well two things i guess about the giant pokemon so we see Zapdos and Moltres and apparently nobody seems to know what these Pokemon are and I'm like is there just like not this general knowledge of like just the Pokemon like I, I feel like they would just know oh, okay yeah that's a a Zapdos or a a Moltres like why are they so s- special like presumably they have to be well known enough to be theme park attractions yeah mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying like why is Ash and Brock I mean like nobody seems to know or like Jesse and James oh my god, what's this mysterious Pokemon? But, yeah, like, they have them as headliners at this theme park, so... They, they couldn't afford to go into Pokemon Academy and learn about all the Pokemon like those rich kids earlier. So they're they're just falling behind. Yeah, I don't know. That's, um... That got me, too, a little bit. Of they, like, obviously, they know of them because they're referenced in earlier episodes, but I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> they just this don't know. This is also the, the worst theme park in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you just go around on a ferry and look at them in the distance. Well, they're big enough to see on a scale like that, yeah. but... I mean, okay, who programmed these robots? I guess it's because it's a team rocket venture, business venture, but these robots, if they see a human or a Pokemon, they will attack. And they have the capability of, like, using fire attacks and water cannon attacks and they're such. Be- they're sentient. Yes. And also, Jesse and James don't even know that that's a team rocket theme park. I don't expect them to know all Giovanni's bizarre... Yeah, that just shows how, like, (laughs) excluded they are. They're so excluded from the organization. And apparently they have no idea that they're on a habitated island anyway. They think they're on a deserted, actual island with actual giant Pokemon. They have no idea. So does that mean that... I mean, if they're running tours and stuff, and this is, like, a theme park, so, like, Ash, Brock, and Misty have never heard of Pokemon Land? I guess not. Yeah, I think it's brand new. And Giovanni's like, I spent millions on this. <laughs> Which is actually kind of cheap. I think. Well, he obviously has no advertising budget because nobody seems to know that this is an actual <laughs> How many people were on that boat that the tour guide's talking to? Just a few, I guess. There were like four. Yeah, it wasn't that many, so. This is a bad business plan. It's probably like, um, what word am I looking for? Uh, a fake money pit. Oh, money laundering. Yes, he's laundering money with, with these giant robots somehow. Yeah. 
That's probably what it really is. I mean... Because <laughs> doesn't he have that... I think that's one of his plans in one of the games, wasn't it? Laundering? Yeah. Gosh, what was it? Doesn't he... I don't know. I can't remember. I think I'm, re- I think I'm doing some fan fiction here with the Pokemon daycares. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think there's something where uh, I read one time that Giovanni infiltrates the Pokemon daycares to steal the Pokemon. I don't know. I can't I don't remember. remember that. I don't either. It's not, not in the series or the games or anything like that, but he takes the... Like, he takes the Pokemon, takes the money, and then he replaces it with, like, a weaker Pokemon and gives it back to the trainer. Oh, Butch and Cassidy do that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, oh, okay. Oof. I thought you were making, like, the daycare, like, the put your ditto with a Pokemon breed oh, no, no, daycare, and I was like, no. where is this going? I'm glad I remembered <laughs> that this is actually part of the series. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's a mob boss, so, you know, aside from Jesse and James just trying to steal, like, one specific Pokemon, like, he's got a mon- money laundering business out of a theme park and, like, stuff like that. Which, again, worst theme park ever. Yeah, it's, it's taking over a cruise ship, you know all this. Stuff. I love the 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 cart. Are we to assume the cart is for staff? The rail cart. Yeah, but it go. There's a vertical loop. I thought it was a ride attraction, like an attraction. I'd... Yeah, there there were little benches for sitting next to it to wait for it to come. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again, stupid stupid theme park. <laughs> Did you notice in the cart? In the cart, um, at one point, Ash doesn't have his gloves on. Yeah, there was a lot no, of I didn't. little gloves there, like that and stuff. Yeah, he has the gloves <laughs> off, and he's like, hands are like this. And then the next scene, his hands are on the cart, and they're covered with gloves. <laughs> My favorite animation error was at one point, James had on um, swim trunks, and they forgot to draw in the bottom layer of the swim trunks, so it looks like he's sitting there naked with a <laughs> towel in the shape of swim trunks laying across him. Did you see that? <laughs> no. That's a good little you detail. You guys have a good eye for this. I'm like, I'm trying to do Jenny's d- job for her and be very in sync with what's going what, on. What? Oh, I thought you were like the animation error police. You can call me that. All, All right. right. Well, this episode was just a farce. Yep. LVP MVP time. Alrighty. <laughs> yes. Let's uh, let's get a randomizer ready. A randomizer ready. Okay, Alex, me. Austin. So for MVP for this episode, I picked Atkins for Jacob. I think you had pointed this out already, but that quote that he um, said, because he was surprisingly, he had this surprisingly wise insight. He's like, Pokemon do bad things because master does bad things, not because the Pokemon themselves are bad. And I'm like, dang Atkins, that's really deep. So I like Atkins a lot. I think he's, he doesn't really have a whole lot of characterization, but also, I think he's cute. It also so. goes into show how James has manipulated him, or Jesse and James have manipulated him into thinking that what he's doing is actually good. Well, I think he's aware of that. That's the whole point. He's aware that they, they do bad things, but that's because Jesse and James tell them to. So they just listen. And they have that like blind loyalty going on. So, um, but, the, but you know what? At the same time, Jesse and James are not truly bad either. I mean, they're kind of bumbling idiots. I mean, they... <laughs> Yeah, they go around and, like, you know, do bad stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not evil. Like, they do have remorseful moments. Like, like the the Lighthouse episode where James is like, I feel really bad for doing this. Maybe we shouldn't, like, yeah, blast shoot this. Dragonite with a bazooka gun. And, like, they were rooting for Ash that one time when he was trying to fight Lieutenant Surge. And they did that whole cheer. And, like, so they're big softies deep down. Yeah. But um, I think we've officially established that. The two groups are 
allies, even if they don't realize it. Yeah. Really, like, they're, yeah. they're companions in life. They're through, like, a really weird set of circumstances. They're a, a die dad in the force. Yes, thank you. And then LVP for this episode, I picked Bulbasaur. Damn it! I'm sorry, I know. <laughs> oh, you picked LVP? Damn it. Did you both pick Bulbasaur? Yeah, I had Bulbasaur as my uh, LVP as well. <laughs> Damn, okay. It's kind of an easy choice. Sorry, I thought that was... the. I thought that was kind of a a little bit of a lesser obvious one, but no, I picked Bulbasaur just because he re-traumatized Charmander and he was generally being skeptical, like, you know, Ash has abandoned us and all these Debbie Downer moments that he had, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked him. Okay. Um, I just picked the, the quote that Meowth said. He's something to Atkins to the effect of, like, I'm twice as smart as this two-watt light bulbs you're calling masters. <laughs> I was like, damn. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was a pretty good burn. I love how they tied me off to a tree. And ate in front of them, <laughs> they too. Were... They're just like, oh, this food's so good. <laughs> I mean, I'll just sit there like, I want some of that food. Okay. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> Pikachu did go back and save him, so. Yeah, which is why him snapping his fingers because they weren't dead at sea yeah. was so weird it was very out of character but then Meowth goes I'm lucky I was able to get out of that by myself and just runs off alright so um since I'm next my MVP was Pikachu for kind of taking the role as the leader and keeping the group together when they were lost keeping the faith saying hey Ash is coming back I know him he's a good trainer he's a good guy I'll vouch for him so good on you, Pikachu, for recognizing that Ash is in it for the long haul with you. And then my LVP was going to be Bulbasaur, but I'm going to change it now to uh, Giovanni. Damn it! Because... <laughs> <laughs> I knew Austin was going to get that one, too. <laughs> oh, Austin! <laughs> I was so glad that I was second, because I knew Austin was going to take Giovanni. But uh, I, I picked Giovanni, obviously, because this is the dumbest theme park I think I've ever scene and if it's money laundering or whatever that makes sense but um this is a stupid theme park and that's mainly it for him because it's just a dumb theme park and plus he won't ever let his people who work for him hear his actual voice so it's it's really that's also really weird he's got that what was that uh i keep forgetting the inspector gadget guy's name but dr claw claw yeah he's got the claw thing going on which is just odd my quote will happen to be the scene where i think um let's see if i can't find it here Ooh, where to go, where to go, where to go. Okay. This is when Team Rocket's looking to actually try to use the payphone. And they're talking about they actually have a streak of a little bit of good luck. But then they come across the telephone and they go, without any change, our luck has changed. Leave it to four kids to pun, throw in some. To pun it up. Quality puns. All right, I'll go. Good luck. My in- <laughs> I'm out of options. <laughs> Are you, um, my MVP is going to be Squirtle. Because he was really cute. Uh, you know, Bulbasaur's my favorite. And I actually, despite Bulbasaur being a dick, I really liked Bulbasaur's, like, aloof personality in this. Um, but Squirtle was, he was funny. He was, like, the comic relief. Uh, my least valuable player will be the enormous robots that when a tiny Pokemon comes up and says, Yo, brother, the reaction is to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> so those so kind of Giovanni by proxy um my quotes I have a bunch of them ooh lay them all out okay 
Wordle says to Meowth when he's tied to the tree, Are you sorry for all that you've done for us, to us? Meowth says, I don't apologize. And Squirtle says, Then no food, mere Meowth. And then he like happily eats the food and smiles at him. Alexa. That's fair. One was I already uh, alluded to was Squirtle saying to the Blastoise bot, Yo, brother, let's see. Uh, sure is nice weather, isn't it? <laughs> and the entire part of the end where Jesse and James are narrating what's going to happen at, right before it happens. Wait. The, oh, the when they're car, going down the track. And Ash yeah. is like, well, maybe our luck's changing. And Jesse and James are like, well, no, based on our recent run of luck. And they like <laughs> they elaborate lie on every single little thing that's going to happen. That's really they're like, cool. First, the brake is going to break off, and then we're going to fly into the atmosphere, and then... <laughs> we'll hit something, and they hit the Zapdos. <laughs> oh my god. They really are, have been having a hell of a few days. <laughs> and, it okay, continues, it. and it continues too yes <laughs> I'd also like to point out that Pikachu refers to the twerps as Ash and those guys but you know how cute it was like you know when they're flying through the air and then like Ash goes to catch like you said when they get caught in the air and, a- and Pikachu's flying towards Ash and the expression on his face I thought it was so cute like Pikachu genuinely happy to see Ash and he, he's defending him the whole time. He's like, no, Ash wouldn't leave us. Ash cares about us kind of thing. So we've I think we've officially crossed into the realm of Pikachu being loyal to Ash unconditionally. That was sweet. He was cute. So who wants to do a Lost episode? Okay, yeah. Right. So we're, okay, we're actually <laughs> we're watching this in the actual order of release. So we didn't get... we're not Episode 18 for us is not the Tentacruel episode. It is the Lost Forbidden episode, Beauty and the Beach. Did you guys see this when it aired on TV? No. I I I don't think so. I don't think I did. I remember, I think it may have been during a season break. I could be wrong, but I think it aired during the Orange Islands. So I assume between seasons two and three. And I remember seeing the advertisement. It was like Pokemon the Lost episode on next. And I'm like... The hell is the lost episode? What are you talking about? Is this the episode? Wait a minute. Is this the episode where Ash catches the Tauros? No. Oh. Uh, that is. They lost. advertise this on TV. Yeah, even this though it was aired on TV. Banned? Was, I it was like the whole thing. Banned though. Okay, here's my knowledge as a child. Okay. Uh, at age like eight or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, again, I remember the commercial. It said Pokemon the Lost episode airing today. And they even, like, designed a little logo for it. It was, like, like, the Lost episode, I think, in, like, the Pokemon logo font. And I'm like, okay, what the hell is this going to be? And then imagine my surprise when, you know, Brock's gone, Tracy's here. Um, all of a sudden, we see Mewtwo and Mew opening the theme song, and it's literally a Lost episode. It's Ash, Misty, Brock, and they're on the beach, and it's, like, season one again. And I'm like... Whoa! This really is a lost <laughs> episode. Um, and so they aired this as we were in Johto at this point. We were and... in Orange Islands. I Orange Islands. Orange Islands. Okay. Because I remember being surprised that Brock was back. Huh. Right. That's it, weird. And it it starts with the recap of the Island of the Giant Pokemon. So it I knew exactly where it fell in the timeline, and I remember distinctly being like, "Okay, let's find out why this episode was lost. What does that mean? Did they like lose the?" master copy the videotape yeah was there translation Uh, issues or well my thought was as a kid i was like well this is a weird episode it has nothing to do with pokemon they're just getting into beach hijinks so i was like well maybe they just (laughs) didn't air it because it was boring and had nothing to do with anything but then to your surprise 
should we save that for later or get? Yeah, up we'll front? save that for later. Okay, uh, okay. When we come let's across the episode that then. So y'all can did I not just... see this on TV. No. No. Okay. But can I just ask that? I thought that even though they it was a banned episode, a lost episode, they still the English dub version still cut out some of it. Right. They so. I'm gonna speculate that this was dubbed later. This was not dubbed as part of season one, because Meowth is already Maddie Blostein, and I don't think he's Maddie yet. Where we are in the episode continuity. And one of the songs they play is the season two Orange Island's theme song, Instrumental. Okay. I think this was dubbed as a special okay. later on. Gotcha. Yep. And you can tell oh, from the boy. voices, their voices are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that makes sense. I was gonna... I was... Like, Meowth definitely sounds different. I knew that was different. Okay. So I think that... I think you're right. That has to, yeah. that has to be what's what happened. They had settled into the roles a little more by this point. Yeah. That definitely was a lot more comfortable... Like dialogue flow, mm-hmm. and um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. The, we actually do get in some of the beach hijinks, like right at the beginning, with uh, like Brock and Ash swimming in the water, and then up comes Misty, and it's, yeah, it's it's I could see this is weird. This is a weird episode. I don't even like talking about. <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, they talk about how it's kind of weird seeing her dressed like a woman or looking like a woman. She literally looks exactly the same as she always does. Yeah. But they get rosy. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Ash and Brock get a little rosy in the cheeks. They're like slack-jawed. It's, it's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, <laughs> I generally don't I just... approve of the sexualization of 10-year-old girls. I do not either. Let's, disclaimer, nobody on this podcast approves of what was going on here. Not even in the slightest. Okay. First of all, I just want to back up for one second before we go into that whole deal, but they're in a place called Porta Vista, which does not exist in the games. It exists just entirely. Like, it, okay, it's Acapulco, and then the town is Porta Vista, and it doesn't exist anywhere else. Hmm. I did not know that. So, like, it's named after, like, like the actual city in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Do they call it that in the dub? I don't remember. They call it Porta Vista. Okay. But I think the release blurb or whatever, it says Acapulco. Okay. Hmm. They go to Mexico. Yes, they're not in Cancun, <laughs> though. Porta Vista. And... Oh, gosh. And we... Ash is driving a boat as a 10-year-old. Okay. The, uh... They stole a boat. They steal a yeah, boat. Yeah, they stole a boat. Here's what I'll say this episode. This episode has a lot of, like bad weird but it also has a lot of fun weird them, yeah it does them getting into spring break hijinks and stealing the boat that was fun mm-hmm. it felt like a teen movie more than it did like a little absolutely kids show this is definitely something you would expect like on that 70s show i was thinking like that came to mind when i was watching this or yeah. i was yeah. thinking like like a beach teen movie like uh frankie and annette yeah, or Saved by the Bell. This is like when they go to the yeah. beach that summer. This is like something that this would like co line with. Right. Like they're acting like kids. They're running they're running amok in the tropical vacation land and like stealing boats and shit and crashing them. Yeah, and they get into like massive debt that they have to pay off in some form or fashion. So this okay, okay it does have its high points, is what I get what you're getting at. It definitely has right. its, it, it has its high points are super high, and then its low points are super low. <laughs> you know? Then we get a low point 
we get a low point in the form of Mo, the old man oh in a straw hat. Who Austin? You want to talk about? Yes, <laughs> they steal his boat, his giant boat, and his dock, which is fun. But it's okay because he sees Misty. He blushes. Oh boy! He says, "You remind me of my granddaughter." That's problematic for a and lot of And apparently, in the Japanese version, he said, "I can't wait till you're eight years older." Oh my god! When she? What? How old is she in this? Ten. Oh, she's ten. Okay, Ew. I thought she was eight. For some reason, I was like, oh, <laughs> "My bad, my bad." Okay, that is. So wait, weird. they they change it so the dialogue that matches his facial expression of like him being all like lecherously like blushing over Misty. Originally, he says, "I can't wait till you're eight years older." Yeah, you're eighteen. Which both are bad, and the dub makes it. I feel like you were reminding of your granddaughter's way worse. It is way worse. I was about to say that the translation that they chose to go with. Of him, like, crushing on this girl, saying, you look like my granddaughter, is way That's worse. very, Ugh. very problematic. They should have edited out his cheeks or something. I don't, I don't know. They should have cut the shot entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> like, okay, the reason this episode should not be airing on mer- television is because it is sexualizing a little girl. Like, adult men lusting after a little girl in a bikini. That's why this episode should be banned. However, yes. clearly that didn't take effect because they did eventually air it on American television without any of that content cut out. Yes. Well, it wasn't even that. It was... They they banned it because of the boob part, right? Yeah, James's boobs. I would like to reflect on this. They The parts that they eventually did cut out when this aired on American television were when an adult man modeled in a bikini contest. That was the offensive content. And more like fake boobs. Yes. It was the transgressiveness of a man dressing in drag in a beauty contest. Which he's already done this. He's already done this before. Like, that's the problem I I had with it, too. Yeah, and I do agree that him grabbing the boob, the fake boobs, and inflating them to enormous size, that needs to be cut. Yeah. No way. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, as, As well as, again, him taunting his bazoongas in front of Misty and being like, Look at how much bigger my boobs are than yours. That needs to be cut. Because, yeah. again, we're sexualizing a young girl. Yeah, he's like, he says some comment of, you should have, you know, come back in ten years or something. Yeah. Like, compete again in ten come years. Come back in ten years, yeah, when you got these. Yeah. yeah. So all of that needs to go. I think just the shots of him in, in the bikini and boob suit are fine. All It's it's where Misty comes in that yeah. I'm like, this needs to go. And, they... and then... Most of it did not go. All the stuff no. where it's Misty is a sexual being remains. And the, like the was it the town? They do try to save it a little bit with her walking out on stage. And at, she's ten, right? And it's the beauty contest, and she walks out on stage, and all these grown men are like catcalling and whistling. And she does say something like, "This is cr- like extremely demoralizing and degrading, but I need the money," which doesn't really save it. But they do point yeah. out the fact that like you know what they're doing is wrong you know yeah it, it, there's so much to unpack <laughs> yeah it's, that's weird you just can't save it yeah really i mean it, like you said before there were some high points though like the cute squirtle starmy ufo thing yeah. oh my god just that the, was adorable. i know the entire thing of misty being on stage in a bikini being flaunted yeah. for the 
adult men for a bikini contest. It's too much. Yeah, no, no. At that part, I'm ignoring that part. But I'm yeah. saying, like, okay, the Pokemon dressing up as little alien yeah. like, UFO <laughs> yeah. thing was cute. and That part was well, cute. I don't know what the hell. A big part what? of the episode... Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. The, uh, most of the episode was them working at a restaurant. Trying to save yeah. a Team Rocket working at, Yeah, and Team Rocket working at the rival restaurant and them getting into, like, wacky things, misadventures. Yeah. I love and that, that was part. fun. Yeah, I love that part. It kind of felt like two different episodes mashed together because, the, yeah, like you said, the majority of it was them working off the debt at the restaurant, which makes sense because they stole this guy's boat, crashed into the dock, like destroyed it. Like, that makes sense. But then at the end, it's like they've come up with a plan to make money by working off the debt in the restaurant. But then all of a sudden, it just seemed very shoehorned in at the end, like Professor Oak is there. And, oh, by the way, there's this beauty contest. And then... It's like, whoa, wait, where did that come from? And that somehow Brock gets to MC the beauty contest. You know, they said the beauty contest yeah. is the day, and Brock yeah. is the main MC. Yes, <laughs> which which makes sense that's because a good point. that's another point of them trying to save it. Because Brock's, right. fif- Brock's fifteen, that, yeah. yeah, Brock's fifteen, and they couldn't have like an adult man up there saying the same things about Misty as she goes across the stage. Which I don't right. know if that's what they were trying to do there, but they couldn't. They had to put, like, I guess they wanted a familiar character there, but they couldn't have, like, some, like, if Mo was up there saying that, which he would, because we know he's weird, it would have made it, like, an even creeper than it already was. And they also have the adult women, because Jesse and James are up there. How the fuck old are Gary's ladies? 20s. Oh, boy. They call Misty a girl, and they call the Gary squad, like, lovely ladies, or something like that, so. What was going on? Speaking of weird, what was going on with and coughing like brock was trying to explain it he's like i think it's an amistar i don't really know like i like how also the dub cuts out the team rocket stuff but keeps that scene and so yeah i imagine it's a total non sequitur like what the hell is going on that was that was great they like come out and it's like super bizarre and brock's like struggling to try to figure it out and then all of a sudden gary's there and he like slaps coughing and Atkins to the side and then oh, okay. oh my god that was great why is gary like, on i'm stage. here now Gary's like, oh, what? Stage, like berating ash ash i know you're out there <laughs> i know he's like what did he say i wrote it down he said um he said, I didn't come here to make you jealous of me, Ash. I came here so that my beautiful fan club members could make you jealous of me. <laughs> Gary's such a prick. And then Oak is like, oh, yeah, I forgot. My grandson's here. Ash they... also goes on stage. He marches on stage. And he's like, let's have a battle. Yeah. <laughs> Brock has to now. leave the MC booth to break them up. <laughs> At least Ash oh, doesn't punk God. out, though. Like, if somebody was calling me out, I think I'd have to go up there and call him out, too. I like to imagine you're just like a regular spring breaker um, in a Mexican city in Japan, and, uh, and you're there for the bikini contest, and like all this crazy shit is going on there. There's like there's a child with a side ponytail and a bikini. There's someone there who has inflatable boobs that go up to four times their size. There's a child parading on his fan club of adult women. Amistar Ekans coughing is there, like. What is going on? Who are you people? <laughs> this is not what I paid for. Yeah, <laughs> this vacation sucks. I had another one of those moments of like, okay, one of the top five anime moments. So like, the first one in this trio of episodes was the Onyx make a staircase, but then you had the scene with Professor Oak and <gasps> Delia 
like, (laughs) we reference this all the time. Yes. And and I need you to talk about it. I need to talk about it. You talk about it. Top five moment. It's, but we, this comes up in our conversations constantly, even all this time later. I guess we gotta rewind. Yeah. It it came up in our, like, second episode of the podcast, too, or the first one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it did. And I'm like, and I forgot that this was the episode where it happened in. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it's the park! This is when Ash starts questioning what's really going on with Oak and his mom. Oh okay. my god, he's like... So, we totally skipped over the whole, like, restaurant wars part, which is fine, but there's nothing really to say. No. Oh, with just, Mo and Brutella? Yeah, yeah. hijinks, you know. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like Jacob said, the plot shifts, because Professor Oak is here! Yep. And Delia's here! Like, it... It's a complete tonal shift at the end. It's like, yeah. okay, Restaurant Wars, and then Beauty Contest! Like, like... And, and Oak and Delia were standing outside, listening to their lamenting the Restaurant Wars, and Oak's like, I have a solution. Bikinis. <laughs> Bikinis. <laughs> of course. And then, I mean, do you want to say their comments, Alex? So... The part, well, it's the whole relationship between Delia and Oak in the beginning, and they walk in the door, and and Ash is like, oh my god, what are you guys doing here? Or, Professor Oak, what are you doing here? And then Delia shows up, and he's like, Mom, how come you both are here? And then Oak jumps in, he's like, we'll explain that later. (laughs) (laughs) And that kicked off a whole discussion about, well, Delia claims she's on some what is it, Pokemon Volunteer Tour, tour Group the Pal- or something? The Pound Volunteer Patrol. I don't believe that Which, for one it second. It consists <laughs> of them and seemingly Gary and his, like, Entourage. Because Ash would have recognized more people. Or more yeah, people where's the guy who was crying Ash. when Ash left? Yeah, it's, there's only three people in this volunteer group. I like how they also apparently reached out to Gary. It was like, Gary, come with us to Porta Vista. Ash is dead. And <laughs> they didn't reach out to him. No, I guess he was lost at sea at the time. There's clearly a favorite. Here. So is this is this their morning vacation? Like Oak is like, don't worry, Delia, I'll I'll fuck you happy. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your son just died, but let's take a beach vacation. Okay, so they call me Oak for a reason. Oh Jesus. Oh Lord. Are there? What's the status of their relationship as of this episode? Do we think? Like, they're together. They're boning, right? Yeah. I, I, think, I think they're they're boning, but they're not in a relationship. No, yet. they're FWBs. Okay. That's what I think. I really think's going on. Okay. Ash's Ash's father's gone. Gary's gone from Oak. There's a void that needs to be filled. Ash is dead. Ash is dead. That's right. <laughs> Maybe that's how they first got together. Out of that was like grief sex. Mm-hmm. What like Oak comes over to her to comfort her and be like, "Don't worry, Delia. I'm here for you." And then one thing leads to another. And they oh go to boy. a vacation, they find Ash reanimated, walking around and working at a restaurant. And they're like, oh, hi, Ash. We'll explain what we're doing here later. <laughs> oh, you did make it. This is awkward. They never explain it. Delia just comes up with some BS excuse on the spot. I'm here with the Palatown volunteer group. Something that Ash has never heard of. I'm 99% positive that later we see this group. Hush, Austin, you're ruining the illusion. Like, I'm pretty sure there's an episode where... I believe Delia is like, oh yeah, I'm with my Pallet Town group, we're going to the beach, and they go to a different beach. <laughs> I think the whole Pallet Town group is just a, an excuse for her and Oak to just go and do stuff together. And Oak just says he's doing, it's like the Adam Sandler thing, 
where Adam Sandler just goes to make vi- make, he makes movies based on right. where he wants to take vacation. So he gets to just take vacation while he makes a stupid movie. So Oak right. just says, we're going to take a vacation, but it's a research project or we're volunteering. So they just get to go to exotic places and do whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah, we're going to research the depths of Delia. <laughs> this crevice. What can be in here? It's the chasm. The chasm. Anyway, I just thought that that was like the part. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll explain that later, Ash. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Team Rocket, they're working for Brutella. Okay, Brutella. That's her name. I never called her name. Yeah, Brutella. Brutella and Mo. We'll see Brutella next episode, actually. Yeah. I mean, she's like a weird sub-boss for them for this episode, but whatever. They attack with the Gyarados. Ash is like, it's not our, it's not our real Gyarados. What does he call it? He's like, it's a phony Gyarados. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. And it's pedal-powered, which is stupid, too, but whatever. Well, that's got a long tradition of yeah. powered submarines. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's such a yeah. stupid thing. It's the stupid funniest thing. I love it. Yeah, so they launch the missile, and then Oak starts oogling over Ash and his capabilities of conflict management as an eight-year-old. When there's nothing but other adults around, he's the one that's most composed and ready to handle the stressors that Team Rocket's about to bring. This is twice in a week that Ash has corralled a group of people into calmness during a Team Rocket attack. Ash really missed his calling, as far as, like... (laughs) What he should be doing in life, because Pokemon, I mean, so far it's kind of worked out with him, but he really should be, like, a conflict management expert or maybe, like, a mayor of a town or something like that, because he seems <laughs> to really handle conflict really well. So, Mo leaves, never to be seen again, thank God. Hopefully he got arrested. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe he sank his boat to the bottom of the ocean. So, I do also want to, sorry, Austin, I just wanted to also point out Oak, or not Oak, Ash and Delia and their relationship in this episode and how much of a wonderful son like he's actually nice to her which I, I barely remember I've paying attention well Sorry. the whole no I mean it's the whole thing we talk about like in the future how Ash starts acting towards Delia like he can't stand to be around her he can't stand that she's in his business but in this particular episode they have a pretty good mother-son relationship, and he's actually appreciative of, like, her. It's like, oh, you know, thanks, Mom. I'm glad you're here, Mom. And th- that is not here to stay. <laughs> no. no. Like, she says at some point, she's like, you'll always be my baby, Ash. And Ash is like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> First place in our hearts. Yeah, so apparently the dub edited the trophy that Delia's holding to say first place in our hearts, Ash Ketchum. Oh. What the hell does it say in Japanese, though? I have no idea. Does it say, winner of the bikini contest, Delia Ketchum? Let me see. <laughs> oh, can you read it? Can you read this, Jacob? Let me see. Yes, what are you talking about? The, uh, the Ash Ketchum thing? I just a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got it. Oh, oh, um... Nope. I know that that's, uh... I think that's Hiragana on top, and then... That's definitely Kanji on bottom. Well, that's, mm-hmm. it's actually all combined at the top. That's actually Haragana and a bunch of kanji. And then the bottom part's just uh, um, Haragana. But uh, I'm actually trying to look it up right now. Okay, here we go. Oh, it does, I don't think it has a translation. Ah, we'll never know what it is. In the Japanese version, no winner is specified. It's implied that Delia, Ishdub, uh, in other languages. Oh, I don't think it says. I just want to know why Delia's holding that trophy. 
Yeah, that's hard to say. Why would she be holding the trophy for the winner of the contest? Because she won. Apparently. She secretly, she was wearing a bathing suit. Maybe she entered the... Uh, did we notice the shot of, like, her ass? Yes. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, actually a, a part that, um... <laughs> that <laughs> stays in the dub. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Leslie came in the room to oh, hi, talk... Leslie. No, no, this is, like, back when I was watching that. She came in on the episode, and that part flashed on the screen as soon as she walked in, and she goes, what the hell are you watching? I was like, it's it's Pokemon, I swear. <laughs> it's not It's not anything besides that. Look, look, Pikachu, look. <laughs> Did you tell her this is a weird episode? Yeah. This I, is the band episode. Yeah, I told her. I was like, this is, uh, this is not what it appears to be. This is a band episode of Pokemon. <laughs> band for good reason. All right, the order is... We have Alex, Austin, and then me. Oh my gosh, why am I always first? <laughs> I don't know. I, I swear I'm Damn. Doing I think it's maybe an alphabetical. Oh my god. Okay. Did I even have... Oh my god, I didn't even write down... You can think outside the box. I never write down an who MVP. my um, um, oh god. MVP. Uh, I'm gonna say Delia, I guess. Aww. I love Delia. She's She doesn't deserve all the crap that Ash gives her like in the later episodes but she was a loving caring mom she came to support ash and um you know ash actually treated her as a human being in this episode and not some sort of like terrible annoyance so i like delia every time she shows up so she's my favorite um and then lvp of course is mo the lecherous old man who compares misty to his granddaughter in a terrible way and that was just gross all around. So, um, well, actually, you know what? I I guess also in in addition to Delia as being MVP, I also like Squirtle and Starmie in this episode. So, with their little UFO UFO routine that they did, super cute. Oh, I um, brought called Starmie Star You. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, that was a mistake. And then my quote that I had for this episode—it's sort of a conversation. Can I do the whole conversation? Yes. Wait. Okay. Yes. What? <laughs> so the conversation at the very beginning where misty they're on the boat ash is driving the boat and misty's like oh my gosh this boat is beautiful who does it belong to and ash says i don't know brock's the one who borrowed it i guess he has some pretty rich friends and brock says i didn't borrow this and misty says back you were the one who told me to come on board <laughs> and ash jumps in he's like only after i saw brock get on and then Brock at the end, he's like, well, I only was following Pikachu. <laughs> I was like, you guys are so dumb. A, like, a, high and then, point. a high point of the episode. That was a sure. high point. And Ash cannot have a boating license at 10, but somehow he's driving this cruiser class <laughs> yacht around. <laughs> so that was, that was the best part for me. But You want to oh, hand geez. it off to Austin? Oh, Austin? Geez, oh, geez, oh, I pass geez. the baton over to you. Um, um, uh, um. It's I don't okay. Know. Just think outside the box, uh, remember? Ah, this is a horrible episode! It's okay. Uh, I guess I'll give it to Oak, because he went to go on a vacation with Delia. Um, <laughs> he's my MVP, even though I don't approve of him saying, I know the solution, bikini contest. My LVP will be, if I can't do Mo, I'll do Starmie, because Brock called it Staryu. That's not Starmie's fault. Yeah, poor but Starmie. poor Starmie. It, it, it can never win. What about Brutella? If you can't pick Mo, you can pick her. Well, she didn't leave an impression. And my quote will be, 
Jesse during the restaurant wars. She said, or no, James, he says, everyone's eating at the Torpateria. <laughs> oh, man, that was my Oh, clue. no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious, too. I started with my MVP. MVP goes to Ash. Gotta catch them all. And that's because of his conflict management skills keeps surpassing the age level that he's at. I think it was very mature of him to handle an incoming missile with such calmness. I, I appreciate Ash. And then my LVP was the old lady, or Pratella, is that what her name? Mm-hmm. Because she's just, like, she's picking on Mo. Like, apparently he owes a debt to her that, I don't know if that's ever talked about why. And then, going to my quote, okay, I got one. So it's like after Team Rocket, I think, originally crashes on the beach, uh, Meowth goes, I wanted to hit the beach, but not like this. <laughs> Meowth. Austin, I can tell you're completely done with this episode. <laughs> what a wild ride. I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> are we ready to wrap this up? Oh, I think the next time I'll be this over an episode is like when we get to Jinx or some shit. Yeah, this, this, was, a tough episode. this was a really tough episode to get through. <laughs> but we talked about it. Success successfully, I believe. So we tried our us. best, and um, we did first try band best. episode complete. Yes, there's gonna be more. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening. Um, to close out this episode, just a reminder: if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at outofthedryingpan at gmail.com. and you can also find us on Twitter at at dryingpanseries. Again, that's at dryingpanseries, and that is on Twitter. That being said, does anyone have any closing remarks or anything they want to send us off on? Um, not that I can think of. Although this trio of episodes was very entertaining and had my two top moments, probably of the whole anime. So, but we did it. We got through. We got through. Austin. Uh, no, <laughs> okay, I'm Austin's done. done. Goodbye. Austin's I'm done. Out. Austin's done, and we're all done. So that has been episode six of Out of the Drawing Pen. Join us uh, next week or for the next next episode as the journey continues. <laughs>